Praise the Lord. Now this is uh, Brother Julius Adiwumi, and I pray that the Lord will open your understanding to be able to comprehend the teaching we are going to do in this series. I'm going to go through the the book of Romans, the epistle of Apostle Paul to the Romans. It's a lot of chapters, so it's going to be a series. And I just pray that the Lord will open your understanding. This is for you that is a believer. Because Apostle Paul is right, wrote this letter to the believers in Rome. So then you know he's giving them things that how we ought to be like as believers. And I will first do a summary of what the whole book of Romans highlighted for us. And from there we will go step by step through each chapter. It's going to be a series like I said. So come along with me Father. I pray that you will open the understanding of those who are hearing. So that they will hear. And then they will take heed to their ways. And then they will exercise their faith in the word of God. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ I pray. Amen. Now the scripture said. My people perish for lack of knowledge. And that is the key reason why the Lord demands that the people of God be taught the word of God in the church the reason why people gather together in churches is the main purpose is to build and edify the body of Christ so that those who have committed their life to Christ know how to produce good works that is acceptable unto God now that is the reason why I'm going through the book of Romans because Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the believers in Rome which is called the epistle of Apostle Paul to the Romans now let me quickly summarize the the, the old content of the letter Apostle Paul started in the book of Romans chapter 1 by introducing teaching them he actually have not been there means some other people have converted them many of them are Christians through some other source not through Apostle Paul but he heard about them and he knew he would be visiting them one time so he was writing ahead of time to more or less encourage them and teach them more of what God has revealed to him, being apostle to the Gentiles. In Romans chapter 1, he, he, like I said, you will see when we go through, you see that he said we are called to be saints of God. Every believer, if you are a believer, you are called by God to be a saint, a holy person, holy people. So that is the first thing you will notice when he was addressing the Romans, that they are called to be saints. Now, if we are saints of the most high holy people, there are some things that shouldn't be in our life. So in Romans chapter 1, Apostle Paul listed so many things that he said are in the world that should no more be in our life. If we are already called to be saints and we are being born again. So that will be this, the, the summary of Romans chapter 1. Is that we, believers need to look at their life and repent from sin. Because the world is full of all this iniquity and ungodliness which is no more part of us. It shouldn't be part of you if you are, if you are being called to be a saint. In Romans chapter 2, he now addressed those who are even teachers. Not in the church. Those who claim to be teachers of the law in the days of uh, the apostles, he's talking about the Jews. He said, when the Jews that are confronting the believers, they need to judge themselves that 
when they quoted these laws of Moses, and they themselves offending those laws, they said, judge yourself. Is what you see in the summary of Romans chapter 2. In Romans chapter 3, he made it clear that those who are following the law of Moses, who are trying to think the Christians are not doing it right, Apostle Paul was pointing to them that all have been condemned, the whole world have sinned, according to the scriptures. He pointed it out from the scriptures of the prophets that God has condemned the whole world unto sin. All have sinned are coming short of the glory of God. And so, then what is the solution? Christ is our redemption. So he emphasized that in Romans chapter 3 to, to, to highlight the fact that Christ is the only Savior and our redemption. Even though the, the Jews that were following the law of Moses who refused to accept Christ are trying to oppose or criti criti criticize the believers, criticize the teachers or the preachers and the apostles that are preaching about and he's trying to point to them that they themselves that think they are following the law of Moses they are all condemned already with just because nobody is able to do it. Now he pointed to the fact that Christ is our redemption, our faith in Christ is what is going to save us. In able to tell, to be able to explain that further, he went to Romans chapter 4. In Romans chapter 4, he started pointing out that it is the faith of Abraham that justified him. So it's the Abraham's faith that justified him. In Romans chapter 4 is where he began to explain that. Because it is not the works of Abraham that God used to justify Abraham. It was his faith. God told him that you are going to have a son when he has nothing and he's already getting old and he believed and the Bible said because he believed God it's justified so he prayed Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 4 emphasized the fact that it is Abraham's faith that justified him and not the keeping of the laws or the works of the law that justified Abraham and then he went to Romans chapter 5 and said we also that are believing in Christ we are just we only we are justified by Christ by our faith in Christ so you can see the the step by step, our apostle Paul wrote this letter, first telling them that we are called to be sins, and then telling them that we have to make sure that we are not in the sins of the world that is he highlighted in Romans chapter one, and then in chapter two he pointed to the Jews that were condemning the Christians and said, "You better judge yourself also and see whether you are actually keeping all the law that you think you are keeping." Because in chapter 3 he said, all have sinned, even the law has said, the prophets have said, all human race have sinned. So the only redemption is in Christ Jesus. And to point, to, to, to clarify the fact that Christ is the only redemption, he tried to point to, in chapter 4 of Romans that Abraham's faith is what justified him, not the works that he did. And he highlighted the fact that God told Abraham, you are going to have a son, and Abraham believed, even though he looked like he was almost dead. And he believed, and because he believed, he is justified. It's faith that justifies Abraham. And so, in chapter 5, he emphasized that it is our faith in Christ also that is justifying us, not because we have been doing the righteousness of the law. It is our faith that justifies us. Now, in chapter 6, he now begins to talk to we believers that since we say our faith has justified us, we are to reckon ourselves dead to sin. So that sin can't have dominion over us anymore. We are having faith in Christ. Now we are to live as dead man to sin. That is, sin can't be dictating our life anymore. In Romans chapter 7, he went further and emphasized that our old self has been dead. And we are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. 
he emphasized that, explaining it to us to not just recognize it but live as your old man is dead when you went underwater and you came out, you are now a new Christian. He explained to you how to live your life now as a new Christian in Christ. In Romans chapter 8, he went further and said, we, we that are now living in Christ, we are no more under any condemnation. He said, no condemnation to we who are in Christ Jesus. So he explained that further in Romans chapter 8, making us to see how the word of God justifies, how the word of God can heal us, how the word of God brings us to a level of faith that we are no more under any condemnation. So what can separate us from Christ? The love of God in, in, in Christ Jesus is what saved us. Now in Romans chapter 9, he went further, back to the nation of Israel, how they missed salvation because they were trying to keep the law of Moses and, re- and rejected the Messiah that came to them. And he said that's how they missed the salvation. And in Romans chapter 10, he tried to explain the difference between the law of Moses that actually is depending on do these things and then you may be justified. And nobody has been able to do all those laws. And so that's why they are all condemned. And he said but it's by salvation, it's by Jesus, it's by faith in Christ. It's faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is the only thing that God has provided for salvation. In Romans chapter 11, he also went further explaining what the Israelites Miss, and then he went further and said, In the end, the whole of Israel shall be saved. In the end, the whole of Israel as a nation will be saved. But it was blindness in part was given to them so that the Gentiles can be preached to and Gentiles can come in. And then in the end, the whole of Israel will be saved. When you say the whole of Israel, not those that are dead in their sins, but those that are in the generation that will be at the end of the world. The generation that we see before, and they are in that generation right now, they are the ones that are going to be saved when they shall see the Messiah come from the sky. They will recognize that this Jesus, whom their fathers and forefathers refused to accept, they are, the, they are going to be willing before him that Jesus, that the Gentiles have been saying is the Messiah, is actually the Messiah. When they shall see the marks on his hands, the nail-pierced hands, then they will be weeping and mourning that they have been buying into the lives of the rabbinical Jews. So that he explained in Romans chapter 11. Now in chapter 12 to the end, Apostle Paul started exhorting we believers how to live our life for Christ. Chapter 12, chapter 13, 14 and 15. Now full of exhortation how we should live our life for Christ. So that is the summary of the book of Romans. Now I'm going to go step by step into Romans chapter 1 and I like what he called the offenses because sometimes we ask people to repent, repent some people thought they have nothing to repent of but when you begin to point it out from the scripture what the Bible calls sin and then you see yourself because the scriptures, the word of God is like a mirror you look at the mirror and you look at your face then you can see something you hardly could not see unless there is a mirror in front of you then you see some dark spots on your face. Your hand will go there right away to see how you can get rid of that, that spot. That is what the mirror is. That is what the Word of God also should be to our life. So when you now begin to analyze the Word of God, you see what are sins. He highlighted the sins in Romans chapter 1 that the world is full of. And as you see those sins, you have to look at yourself now that you have said you have been called to be a saint of the Most High God. And begin to see if there's any of those iniquities still in your life. You bring it to the Lord Jesus Christ in prayer. Ask Him to wash you clean. 
and to help you. And the one you can get rid of, you get rid get rid of it yourself, because you have some energy now that the Holy Ghost and Christ is living in you. He has given you some power to be able to change some things. And the one you look at, you are not able to change. Just ask Jesus Christ to take it away, and He will take it away. Let's go to Romans chapter one as we come, as we go. Now, Apostle Paul was writing from chapter 1, verse 1. He said, Paul is servant of Jesus Christ. He is called to be an apostle, separated on the gospel of God, which he has promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom by Christ we have re- received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Among whom ye are ye also the call of Jesus Christ. Now, go to, get to verse 6. He's addressing the, uh, the disciples. The first few verses he's talking about himself and what the Lord God is revealing to us. Now in verse 6 he said, We are also called to be unto, by Jesus Christ. Verse 7 says, To all that are, that are in Rome, he writes to the Romans, he said, they are beloved of God, but they are also called to be saints. Now, that is not only the Romans that apply to you in your sitting. If you are called to be a Christian, because everyone that is a Christian is called. Jesus Christ said that you have not chosen me, I have chosen you. So, you, if you think, well, you just follow your parents into church, then you are not really a Christian. You have just followed your father's religion. But when you understand the gospel that's why we are preaching it to you when you understand that christ died for you for your sins and you recognize that you are actually a sinner whether you have never done anything wrong since you were born but because you are a human being you have inherited sin from adam and that is why you couldn't live to please god by yourself then you have to call on the Messiah, who is the Savior of the world, to come and take sinful nature away from you. And when He takes the sinful nature away from you, you become a born-again Christian. All things are passed away, and all, all things become new. Is what the Scripture said. God is recreating our spirit. That's what He mean by being born again. He said, except a man is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot see. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. So God is recreating the, the spirit in us when we accept Him. It's not automatic. You have to call on Jesus. Ask Him to come into your heart. Accept Him as Lord and Savior. Confess that He, he died on the cross for your sins. And that He rose again by the power of God to justify you. You have to confess that with your mouth that you believe it. Then He will give you the new birth. When you are Give me that new birth that's when you are called to be saints of the Most High God. Now, as saints of God, sinful nature is removed from you. So, you don't have to, you shouldn't be in all of those well-known sins and offenses. That's what Apostle Paul is saying, that you are called to be saints. Now, we let's go further. Now, if you are called to be saints, it's going to highlight what are sins in the world that we shouldn't be seeing in you anymore. And I'm going to jump from verse Romans chapter 1, verse 8 that we are talking about. He said, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. So he's writing to the Romans that he has heard about them since he was not the one that converted them to Christ. 
He has heard that they are exercising faith. Now he's saying he's not ashamed. He wanted to come and minister to them also. He wanted to be in their midst. That's what he is. The purpose of this letter is that he wanted to come to Rome also so that he can have some fruits among them or impart some blessings, spiritual gift unto them also as an apostle. They say he has not been allowed to come in verse 13. He, say he has been led either to. He said, because I am a debtor both to the Jews, so everybody is a debtor to preach the word of, the, the word of God to everybody. In verse 15 now, he started talking about that he is ready to also come and preach to them that are at Rome also. Remember this is a letter that he wrote ahead of time. He has not gone there yet. He has not been to Rome himself. But he has heard that there are believers there that have been converted and they are Romans. So he was writing to them before he could even get opportunity to go into their midst to preach among them. Now he said, uh, verse 16 said, he is not ashamed, apostle, therefore I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and to the Greek. Now, you also should be able as a believer to have this as your own testimony. Are you ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you, are, are you confident to be able to tell your friend that is an unbeliever that Jesus is the only way? And explain it to him from the scripture. That is the reason why we are teaching the word of God. If you are not able to defend the word of God, or you are not able to testify of the of, of what who God is, are you able to testify what God has done in your life that make you a different person? That is all that you need to say. You say, well, I don't, I'm not a preacher. I don't know how to preach. But has Jesus Christ done anything for you in your life since you say you are a believer? If you, have, if you are not a believer, you cannot say that because you have not really been touched by Christ. But if you are a believer, you have been born again, you have called upon Jesus Christ to remove sin from you. And when He touches you, you know that all the sinful nature, the sinful desires have been removed from your soul. You are no more going to be interested in those things. Your, your life has changed. That is what we call born again experience. If you are listening to this teaching, you are just a church goer. We call them church goers. The, the father go to that church, that's why they are going to church. Or you are just people that they are just looking for protection from God, power of God to deliver them from hell, from, from sicknesses, from diseases, from, so that God will help them get a good job. That's all you are looking for is just how to get a better life in this world. You are trying to use God to get a better life. That is not really it. That's trying to snatch something from the hand of God. And you most likely will get some help, but that is not what God is calling you unto. God is more concerned with where you go from here if you die. Where do you go from here? That is why He wants to recreate your spirit so that you become a saint of God, holy person. So that is the primary thing in the heart of God for you. Just listen to me. So now, if you have not experienced that born again ex experience that Christ is giving to us, you need to recognize you are a sinner. A little sin, just one little sin that you think is doesn't amount much, a little lie is going to take you to hell. Just a little disobedience can take you to hell. How much more the sin that you inherited from Adam, being a woman being, that have not been regenerated. You have not gotten that new creative spirit. Every woman being doomed to lake of to hell and lake of fire. Unless you come to Christ and He give you a new spirit. This is what He called born again experience. And that is what you want to call upon the Lord to give to you. If you have not done that yet, 
then you are not none of his but you have to ask him right now if you want you pray to jesus jesus i want that new recreated spirit in me so that i will be a saint of the most high god you sincerely ask him and he touch you and he give it to you when you acknowledge that you are a sinner it's not saying you could try to remember all the sins you have done just a sinner is a sinner no matter what type of sin you may say uh, you are thinking all those armed robbers are the sinners no arm robbers are sinners all right but even you that is not doing arm robbing but you just do a little bit of a stealing from the government you are still a, you are still a sinner or you didn't even do any of those things you are just in line cheating you are still a sinner and all sinners will go to lake of fire unless you get this new recreative spirit that christ is giving to us so you want to ask him to come and make you a new person so then you will become a saint of god and i say if you now are a saint of God because you have accepted Christ and it's now living inside you. Now you need to now check yourself daily by the washing of water, by the word of God. And Apostle Paul said, You shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, be free to witness, to be a witness for Christ, what He has done in your life. How you used to be like this, and since Christ came to your heart and your life, you are no more like that. You are now a new Christian. That's all you need to tell them with your own testimony. They will say, that, hmm, If this man can change, maybe I can change too ask them to come to Jesus. People have called, have, called, have prayed that prayer simply like that. Christ touched them and give them, and give them the new heart. So that's why Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. That's the only way God has decided to save man, humanity. The gospel. To everyone that we believe. Then he went further to explain to, to everyone what are these things that are coming to point where people say, why are we saying we need to be saved? Saved from what? Now this is what he's going to tell you what you are going to be saved from. Verse 17 and 18 says, For the wrath of God, verse 18 of Romans chapter 1, verse 18. See, the wrath of God that is the wrath of God that has been upon you upon this planet is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. There is many people think, how do we know there is a God in the first place? How do we know there is heaven? How do we know there is hell? And Apostle Paul is explaining, giving them answer right here in verse 19. He said, what we need to know, if you are thinking you don't know whether there is a God, it is already manifested in you that there is a God. Just look at yourself. Just look at who you are. Just look at your fingers. You think this the creative design of fingers that are for, even the, what you call the, the, the fingerprint alone, just is different from mine. And you think that is just by chance? No, no, it's not by chance. We are created, divinely created. See, we are, we are marvelously created by the, a, a, an intelligence. Science are just deceiving themselves if they think there's no intelligence. Because I'm a scientist, I'm telling you, we, the, even the human finger alone is so complicated that it takes intelligence to design this. I happen to be an engineer. So that is where we know that. There's an intelligence behind the creativity I will see upon this planet. Even in, uh, in our own single man, there's a, there's a great designer here. So that's why we are telling you that what you need to know about God is already revealed, manifested in you. Verse 20, he went forever. Verse 20 says, For the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead has been known to or have been made known to mankind. That's why he came in form of a human being like Jesus Christ to show himself. He said, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. That's the express image of God Almighty, is Lord Jesus Christ. See, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. In the Gospel of John chapter 
chapter 14. Now, he is going to begin to address, convict the world of sin, to tell them what their sins are that they need to repent from. Verse 21, he said, Because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. So they became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. They professed themselves to be wise, but they became fools. And they changed the glory of uncorruptible God into an image like an, a corruptible man, and to birds, four-footed beasts, and creatures, that is, people that are worshipping idols. And they begin to create images in form of a uh, human being in form of boss and think that is how one who is going to help them talk to God. He said they were being deceived and he was addressing those idol worshippers first. Verse 44 says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the loss of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Verse 25 says, Who changed the truth of God into a lie? Just, I just come. This is in the indictment of the world of sinners right now. It's indicting them of what their sinful nature has been making them to do not worshipping the true God and they worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever in verse 26 say for this purpose God gave them up unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature where they now begin to point to some of the sins that is going on in the world where some women call themselves lesbians they begin to women marrying women and many of them even begin to do some worse things like okay, bestialism where their women begin to sleep with animals and the same thing with men in verse 37 say and likewise also the men living the natural use of the woman born in their lust one toward another men with men walking that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was made that's why you see terrible sickness terrible diseases coming upon the world through this homosexuality through these sodomites that have populated the world Men begin to marry men that is going on in some countries right now, they have been legalizing it. That is part of what he's saying, the sin of the world that is that is going to send them to hell and look over. He said, God give them up. Verse 20 said, even as they did not like to retain God, if you go ask some of these people, tell them about the, why the, what the Bible says, they will say they don't want to hear anything about the Bible. Because you know the Bible already condemned their behaviors, their so dummy behavior homosexuality behavior. God has already said in the scripture that it's an abomination. But many of them don't want to listen to it because they don't want to even read the Bible. Why? They want to eradicate God from their knowledge. And what did God do? God also gave them over. To a reprobate mind, verse 28, to do those things which are not convenient. They are filled with a lot of unrighteousness, fornication. Now you may say, yes, you don't participate in homosexuality, but you are fornicator. You are not married, you are sleeping with other, other uh, opposite sex every around. That is fornication. And you mentioned wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. They know the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. They not only do them, but they have pleasure in them that do them. So this are, that is the indictment of the world. That these are all the worldly behaviors that is going on. These are not expected to be in the life of saints. That's why he's addressing we believers. Say, you are called to be saints. These things that are in the world, God has already given them over. Temporarily for a while until he's going to bring judgment upon the world. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all this ungodliness that is going on. 
but he's giving them some time. Paraphrasing some of them will repent, and that's why we are preaching the gospel to both the people in the church and people outside the church. To the people in the church that have given their life to Christ, make sure you are not partaker of these their offenses. Check yourself daily so that you are a saint indeed, and wash yourself daily with the word of God so that you are being pushed every day by the washing of water by the word. We continue this in the next uh, broadcast. We have finished chapter one. We go to chapter 2 next time. Father, I pray that this exhortation will bless those who are listening, that they will keep their heart open to the word of God, and they will repent from any of those iniquities that uh, they have found in themselves, and ask Jesus Christ to wash them with the word, and turn a new leaf from now on, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you Lord, for them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is Gospel Distribution Ministry, Box 71027, Phoenix, Arizona, 85050. On internet, it's www.gospeddistribution.org. Tune us again next week. God bless you.